This is Plant-Based Briefing. Why aren't more veterinarians vegan? Part 2 by Karen Asp at all-creatures.org, originally published at sentientmedia.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, and this is the curated content plant-based podcast where I narrate with permission a variety of articles on plant-based and vegan living. I publish an episode every weekday and keep it to about 10 minutes or less. And this article was longer than that, so I split it into two parts. Part one was yesterday, so please go back and listen to that first if you haven't already, and then jump back here for part two. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Why aren't more veterinarians vegan? Part two by Karen Asp at all-creatures.org, originally published at sentientmedia.org. The rise of animal welfare and ethics courses in schools. Some change is underfoot, though, as more veterinary schools are introducing animal welfare and ethics into their curriculum, some even offering classes in these topics. Ten years ago, I would have said there are relatively few to very few colleges with even one course on animal welfare, Crony says. But when the AVMA oath came out, schools started putting more emphasis on animal welfare. All students at Colorado State, for example, are required to take an animal welfare class making it one of the only veterinary schools in the country to offer this as part of its core curriculum. Topics include everything from zoo animal welfare to foie gras production, along with welfare being an essential aspect of a veterinarian's obligations. Yet, classes do not have animal rights guest speakers or lectures dedicated to veganism, something Dazara does not believe veterinary schools bear a responsibility to teach. Being a vegan or meat-eater does not make you a better veterinarian, she says. But she does believe animal welfare, which dovetails with animal rights, should be an integral part of the education, which can then help veterinarians decide whether a plant-based diet is best for them. While animal welfare is one thing, animal ethics is another, and that is one topic schools are not addressing as well, something Crony hopes will change as animal ethics drives her classes. There is a subjective notion of what's good and what's less good, so how do you determine what's the right and wrong treatment of animals, she says. Science can answer many useful questions, but it can't answer the questions challenging us today. Her classes explore major philosophies relating to the ethical treatment of animals, and veganism and speciesism are part of that discussion. Yet rather than teaching students to take a specific stance, she encourages them to examine issues objectively. I don't teach students what to think, but how to think, she says. For instance, when it comes to issues about eating animals, they examine why people eat meat, what the arguments are for eating and not eating animals, whether it's right to raise animals for food, whether animals feel pain, whether there are degrees of sentience, and whether it is ethically consistent to say you care about animals and their welfare and then eat them. Teaching these topics is not easy, and they can often cause tension among the staff. These issues come at the expense of things that are critically important to the practice of veterinary medicine, which is why some veterinary schools have limited or no dedicated coursework on these topics, Crony says. These topics also challenge what many of the veterinary teaching staff have been taught, and many staff members become defensive when their long-held beliefs are questioned. Resistance is also real in the veterinary community. Just ask Richard Pitcairn, DVM, PhD, Arizona-based veterinarian, and author of Dr. Pitcairn's Complete Guide to Natural Health for Cats and Dogs, who hosts a yearly conference for veterinarians where all food is vegan. Some will not attend anymore because of it, he says. Others, however, have changed their diet as a result. So, should veterinarians be vegan? While it is important to examine the role a veterinarian's education may play in shaping his or her philosophies, there's an even more pressing question, and that is whether veterinarians have a professional responsibility to be vegan. 
If they have sworn to protect animals, should they be eating animals? When statistics show that 97 to 99 percent of the meat in the U.S. diet comes from factory farms, where animals endure a lifetime of suffering? This controversial question does not have an easy answer. Because many veterinarians are employed in food animal production, that's a tough sell, and I do not believe our oath requires this, says Peter Sobroff, DVM, owner and director of New York Cat Hospital in New York City, who follows a pescatarian diet and acknowledges that food animal production is an ugly business. Quote, Veterinarians are doing their best to ensure the health and well-being of those animals, but there is only so much you can say because these animals are still on their way to slaughter. Unquote. Yet for some, the cognitive dissonance and disassociation is alarming, which is why Laverdu Danette's recently penned an open letter to veterinarians asking them why they are not vegan. I wanted to remind them of what I consider are the obligations not just to companion animals but all the animals they swore to protect, she says. Of course, diet is an individual choice and nobody can tell anybody else what to eat, something Ward recognizes. But regardless of what they put on their plate, he wants veterinarians to be a louder voice for those who cannot speak, especially animals in factory farms. It is our moral and professional responsibility to speak for all animals, he says, adding that he has had veterinarians call him a quack because he is challenging the notion of killing animals for food. Quote, These animals deserve to be treated compassionately and humanely, something most of the world agrees with, and in being better stewards of animal welfare, veterinarians should only condone the humane treatment of animals, unquote. The same goes when veterinarians are tasked with inspecting factory farms, only to report that the animals are doing well. Consumers are being sold this romantic vision of small family farms where animals are frolicking, but that's disconnected from reality, Ward says. We are stuck with this legacy of food animal production that has morphed into this inhumane factory farming scheme, and that needs to change. If veterinarians continue to turn a blind eye to the abuse factory farmed animals suffer and not only support but also allow these practices to persist, they may be risking their credibility. The public will wonder if they can trust veterinarians anymore, Ward says. Instead, he suggests that veterinarians start asking questions like if animals feel pain, what the emotional ability of animals is, and how their welfare is being preserved, even how to make factory farming more humane. If every vet can say they're treating cows, pigs, and chickens the same way they're treating cats and dogs, if every vet could say that every animal killed for food is treated just as compassionately as every dog and cat, we'll have raised the bar of humane treatment to an astronomical level, he says. And it is starting given that a group of over 2,900 veterinary professionals and advocates recently petitioned the AVMA to prevent a brutal practice called ventilation shutdown on factory farms. It would also help if veterinary schools placed greater emphasis on animal welfare and animal rights. If, from day one, veterinary schools took the approach that all animals feel pain, all animals have the capacity for emotions, and all animals deserve the basic tenets of care, that would change the next generation of veterinarians, Ward says. In the end, becoming vegan still remains a personal decision, but it is one these experts hope veterinarians will consider. After all, as future veterinarian Dazara says, a vegan lifestyle coincides with a lot of the values of veterinarians. And at the end of the day, we all just want to save animals while promoting animal health, public health, and welfare. You just listened to Why Aren't More Veterinarians Vegan? Part 2 by Karen Asp at all-creatures.org, originally published at sentientmedia.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. 
And if you're interested in more on this topic, there's a nonprofit organization called Our Honor at ourhonor.org, O-U-R-H-O-N-O-R.org. And it's a group of veterinarians that are supporting each other in truly compassionate, humane treatment of all animals under their care. There are a lot of great resources on that website, and please check it out if you're interested. And please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.